Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. All right, and speaking of sexy bodies, everyone, welcome to Modern Love Radio Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about you and your sex life. Uh Uh-huh. And our guest tonight says most Americans want more from their sex lives, but they don't even know it. And she is going to talk to us about a question everyone ought to be thinking about, and that is, do you have erotic integrity? Now, we're going to have to break it down. What is erotic integrity? Well, we'd like to say it's a crucial component of modern love, and that's what our guest tonight says. She says, erotic integrity means that we have to know ourselves, our turn-ons, our turn-offs, what feels right in our gut, and know how to act sexually from that place. And as we head into 2016, I think it's a great time for us to talk about setting a powerful intention for love in 2016, love that goes beyond the boundaries we might have set or the limitations we thought we had to live with. And to do that, to know how to ask for what you want sexually and how to get it, means you've got to have erotic integrity, everyone. So you're going to meet in just a moment Dr. Claudia Six, S-I-X. She's got over 25 years in the field. She's a practicing clinical sexologist and a sex therapist who has helped thousands of people to find their authentic sexual selves. She says that the lack of erotic integrity is what is causing so many of us to repeat ineffective patterns in sex and relationships. She's got a new book that's coming out soon. It's called Erotic Integrity, How to Be True to Yourself Sexually. Her website, let me give it to you right now, is www.dr6.net. That's D-R-S-I-X dot net. All right, welcome to the show, Dr. Claudia Six. Thank you, Dr. Brenda Wade. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, I've heard about you and known about your work for years. You certainly are one of the pioneers, I believe, in getting people to work with sexuality in an open and empowered way, if I can put it like that. So how did you come to talk about erotic integrity? What does that mean for you? Well, I realized that What I was doing with every new client who came into my counseling office was the first thing I was trying to do was figure out who is this person as a sexual being. I was kind of a detective, and I was asking them a lot of questions that they may not have ever asked themselves about who they were sexually, how they were put together. 
because often we don't necessarily do a whole lot of sexual self-examination. So together we would discover who this person was. All talk, no action, of course. And once we had a, a clearer picture of who, this, who each person was as a sexual being, the next step was accepting that, whatever they were discovering about themselves. The next step was embracing it. And then the third step to erotic integrity is living that authentically. So how was what they were discovering about themselves going to fit into their life in a so way what that you're works. saying is your definition of integrity when we're talking about sexuality really has to be with being your true self, living as your true self, not just in all the areas we typically think about integrity. Most of us know integrity is important. You give your word, you keep your word, you are honest about money, you're honest about whatever you're doing. And I'm a big fan of integrity. My favorite quote from Albert Einstein is, a life without integrity is a life with no beauty. So now we're bringing that concept into sexuality, where yes. I don't think I've ever thought of it in that way, and I'll bet most of our listeners haven't. So this is really quite revolutionary. Wow. So give us an example of maybe a couple you worked with that the erotic integrity was off and how they made the correction. Well, in the example of a case where there's infidelity, for example, each person has to look at how they've contributed to the difficulties in the relationship. That doesn't mean that anybody's to blame, but each person plays a part. And so the erotic integrity in those two partners might be, say if the husband is the one who's been unfaithful, he would need to look at what well, that was about for him. Was he looking for validation because he doesn't feel good about himself? Was he passive-aggressive and pissed off because his wife makes him wrong and micromanages him? Was he afraid that she was going to leave him and wanted to have you know, a backup person? There's lots of reasons why somebody might be unfaithful. And then on her part, she had to look at ways that she might have put him, pushed him away or been complacent in the relationship or turned him down sexually and been you know been cold on a regular basis and isolated herself from him so both of their erotic integrity would be looking at how they have been showing up emotionally and sexually in the relationship and what do they want to create for themselves so that's like a very very short example yeah yeah and that's a complicated one because of course sometimes Cheating has nothing to do with the other person. Sometimes it's a pattern someone brought into the marriage, so it's yes. complicated, but they still have the obligation to be in integrity. So what is the way to be in integrity, say heading off something like a scenario, painful, destructive scenario like cheating? Well, usually people come to self-examination because there's some level of suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a very, I could give you a very simple example of erotic integrity. It was a gentleman in his 60s who called me recently and said, you know, I don't get turned on, you know, when a woman is 
pleasuring me orally. I don't know how explicit I can be on your show. You know, it just oh, doesn't turn me on. Six. I think our audience can take it. Okay, all right. So if a woman's going down on me, it doesn't turn me on. I don't get an erection. Something's wrong with me. You know, it's always been that way. And I talked to him about, well, what does turn you on? He said, oh, kissing. I just love kissing and making out. And I said, well, it sounds to me like your erotic integrity is is that what turns you on is kissing. It doesn't have to be, you know, what a lot of other people find arousing. That's what's true for you. So that's a very simple case of erotic integrity with him just owning that his biggest turn on is kissing and making out. And how was he going to have that fit into you know, his next relationship as he was dating. He was a gentleman in his 60s who was dating. So that's a so more for him, the acting out the erotic integrity is going to be letting somebody know this is what turns me on, this is what I need from you, and yes. and asking for it. Exactly, yes, being upfront about what is true for him and looking for a lady who is into the same thing as him. Okay, so what if someone's already married, they're already in a committed relationship, and they've never discovered this is what I truly need and want and shared it. And the couples end up, like the one you spoke about earlier, in some difficulty, painful difficulty, because they haven't shared it. What do you do to get them aligned with this integrity? Well, first we have to figure out what it is that's missing. So, for example, in a, in a situation of a couple who's been married long-term and is examining their relationship for whatever reason, there may be that the wife, for example, since childbirth, things feel a little differently sexually, and she actually needs more time and more foreplay and she also needs a heads up that her husband is going to want to be sexual with her. She can't just drop her list of chores. So her erotic integrity might be conveying all that to her husband, like, look, honey, you know, since the baby, things feel a little different. I'd really love it if you could spend a little more time and let me know, you know, ahead of time when you think you might want to make love so I can start getting myself in that frame of mind. That might be an example. That makes sense because certainly we know that sexuality and sexual feelings and sexual response ebbs and flows depending on what's going on in one's life with stress or with work or maybe health or, God help us, hormones, any of those kinds of things. So the key here, what I'm hearing is that erotic integrity is about sitting down and going, what's going on with me? Mm-hmm. And how do I communicate that to my partner in a way that we can put it into practice? Absolutely. And on a very simple level, it may be asking ourselves questions like, am I really heterosexual or am I just buying into the predominant cultural model, for example? Mm-hmm. Am I really monogamous or am I just sort of going along with what my partner seems to want? So those are very, you know, simple questions. It they might be they some- don't sound simple to me. If you're in a relationship <laughs> and you suddenly think, gee, maybe I'm not heterosexual or I'm not monogamous, that's going to come as quite a shock to a partner. 
Yes, and that does happen. That comes up. The 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 non-heterosexual question does come up because sexuality evolves over the course of a lifetime. It's not static. It's not etched in stone. I love it when I have clients in their 60s and 70s discovering things about themselves. But sometimes, you know, not to characterize genders, but for example, a wife might discover that her husband's been looking at gay porn online, and she's horrified, and she's like, oh my God, what does this mean? You know, he's not into me. You know, he's gay. Well, well, maybe... Maybe the man is discovering that actually there is something about gay porn that turns him on, and he's never really given himself permission for it before. And then it's how do how are they going to incorporate that into their relationship? You know, does he only look at porn? You know, can he you know dabble in homosexual contact when he's out of town on a business trip? And then there's all kinds of other agreements about safe sex. So you're saying that anything is fine as long as people have agreements. Now, we know there's risk with things like porn. We know that people can, in fact, bond with porn, get addicted to porn, and it's very dangerous for the sexual relationship. How do you handle that with erotic integrity? You know, the biggest issue I have found with porn, apart from compulsive sexual behavior, um, you know, people feeling out of control with their use of porn is when one per- one partner takes it personally that the other one is looking at porn and makes it mean something about them that's the biggest issue i see and then people have to talk about what does it mean to them what does it represent for them both per- both parties in the couple and for him it might be again assuming a heterosexual kind of stereotypical model it might be well honey this is what i do when you're not in the mood and I'd much rather be engaging with you and, you know, this is another sexual outlet. And for her it might mean, oh, he's being unfaithful, he doesn't find me attractive, he wants me to be like the women in the porn. And then we have to unpack all that. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very complex issue. There's so much new research coming out showing that porn can negatively affect sexual relationships, I would say to people, sexual integrity here and erotic integrity, by your definition, has to mean I also assess the risk so that we are being careful with our love and our relationship if that's what we want to grow and protect. So why is it most Americans want more from their sex lives, but they don't know it? Because I think most couples are complacent. I think the vast majority of us, when we start a relationship, you know, we're very sexually active. And then most couples default to like what I call one or two sort of basic choreographies, you know, ways of going about their lovemaking. And then people don't necessarily re-examine that. And, you know, 5, 10, 20 years down the line, they're still going about sex the same way. And they haven't really introduced anything new, partly because they don't question it or partly because they don't really know how to bring it up. And I think once people start examining their sexual relationship and what really feels right for them and what may have shifted for them since the relationship began, what sexual appetites they may have developed, that they find that more is possible for them. So I do think that more, a lot of people want more out of their sex life but don't know it because 
they don't really examine it. And once they start to look at it, they're like, oh, wow, well, yeah, you know, we could kind of mix things up a little bit if we were able to talk about it successfully. Mm-hmm. So, again, we come back to this basic principle, know thyself, talk about thyself and what thy wants in thy sex life. Yes. So why is it so easy for you to talk about sex so comfortably? Because I notice, you know, everything's on the table, and we can talk about all of it, whether it's oral sex, whether it's porn, whatever it is. Why yeah. is it so easy for you? I was born and raised in France. I know I don't sound French. I came to the U.S. when I was 19. My mother's British, so I grew up bilingual. But in France, there isn't as much taboo discussing sexuality. Americans are much more uptight about it. And I grew up, in the background of my childhood, there was this call-in radio show, kind of like this, and there was a woman who talked about sex and relationships for my entire childhood. And it was always on in the background. And so I grew up hearing this radio show with this woman talking about sex and relationships. And also the culture is just easier to talk about. Now, was it explicit talk about sex and relationships? You know, I don't remember, but I think, it, yeah, it was pretty explicit. And also my parents decided they weren't going to give me a birds and the bees talk. They were going to wait until I asked questions. And apparently when I was five years old, I was explaining to my French grandmother's friends how babies were made. So I, had a, I must have asked questions at a very early age. So this has always been easy for me to talk about. <laughs> and as a teenager, I was giving my friends sexual advice. I was like, you know, don't do anything you don't want to do. Make sure you're on birth control. Make sure you get something out of it and it's not just for him. So I've been dispensing sexual advice for a long time. That is remarkable. Because, of course, most children get all sorts of misinformation, which certainly has to work against this idea of erotic integrity. Now, by the way, anybody there who wants to join the conversation, if you're live with us this evening, you can call us at 347 989 Zero seven seven six. That's three four seven nine eight nine zero seven seven six. And ask your question, question or offer your point of view. Our associate producer Cliff is standing by. If you have a question, and by the way, you can hit us back on Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade, or tweet us, Dr. Brenda Wade, so we can answer your question or take your comment. All right. So, Dr. Six. I know that most people are thinking, gee, it's late in the game. We've been having our, as you say, two choreographies. It's going to make my partner uncomfortable if I suddenly say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not satisfied. I want something different. How do people introduce this and start bringing erotic integrity into their relationship when maybe the other person doesn't have it or isn't interested in it. Well, first of all, having those conversations that seem the most difficult to have is actually what has the most potential to enrich intimacy and eroticism in a relationship. And I don't mean intimacy as a euphemism for sex. I mean, into me you see. So starting the conversation, you start with a positive sandwich. You say, you know, you start with something positive. Honey, I really appreciate 
you know, and something related to the relationship, not like I really appreciate that you take out the trash. I really appreciate how attentive you are or how you celebrate our anniversaries, something positive. And there's something that I would like to talk to you about that I've been thinking about that would make our sexual relationship better. And this is what it is. And then and you need to be very specific. For example, I would like more foreplay. You need to be very specific and so that the the other person isn't going into a, oh, my God, they want this, they want this. Tell them what it's going to look like and what it's not going to look like. So, for example, I want more foreplay. I'd really like more kissing, and I'd love it if we lit some candles because, you know, we've kind of got complacent. We go to bed in our sweats. The lights are out. I want to see you, honey. I want to see you making love to me because that would really turn me on. And then you end with a positive. And thank you so much for hearing me and for being willing to consider this. Easy for me to say, huh? <laughs> Hello? It's kind of like learning a new language, say, going from English to French. And it's not going to be smooth and easy right off the bat. And with some practice, it gets easier. And, you know, one of the things I often say to people when they have to introduce a new conversation is use that little analogy. I feel like I'm speaking a foreign language, but it's one I really want to learn. Will you help me? Will you help me? And just dive in. So this is a huge, huge, huge topic. And for our listeners who are sitting there scratching their heads and going, wow, Uh, What is my erotic integrity? What is it I need to look at and communicate? What's the first step for them to take to get in touch with themselves? Well, when people come to my office, I kind of take them through, I I ask them a lot of questions. So I wouldn't say there's a cookie-cutter approach because it depends on the purpose, uh, on the person. But I'd say, are you happy? Is there anything you want to change? What would be a better fit for you sexually? Is there something you've been withholding? Is there something you haven't really wanted to um, embrace about yourself? Is there something you don't want your partner to know about your sexuality? Is there something that's changed since your relationship started? What would really be a bit of a stretch for you but would be a more authentic fit? That kind of questions. Okay, so you're saying what would be a stretch and what but it would be more authentic. It's something you want, you've been afraid to talk about, but you really want it. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it might be something, you know, more like, you know, I wanting to be spanked or wanting to be, you know, tied up once in a while or wanting your partner to take charge more and be more dominant. And so and some take of this might be exploration because sometimes people don't really know what they want you know i find that when i'm working with couples sometimes they don't know and they certainly feel inhibited talking about it yes there's exploration and sometimes somebody's been fantasizing about something for quite some time now fantasizing is very different than actually acting on and doing whatever it is we've been fantasizing about 
But sometimes somebody's been fantasizing about something for a while, and they kind of want to, like, give it a go and see if it turns them on as much in reality as it would in their fantasies. So sometimes they don't know what they want, but they have a sense of what they might want to try out. So what if your partner says no? This may be your erotic truth. This may be what's in integrity for you. I am not interested. Then where do you go? Well, then it gets a little sticky, doesn't it? I would find out why does the other person not want to because what is it? What does it represent for for them? What's the resistance? Sometimes people don't want to venture into something new because they feel inadequate or they feel like they don't know how. So in the, for the example of, I don't know, spanking. I mean, it's, not hard to def, it's not hard to figure out how to spank somebody. But say in the example of a woman who wants her partner to be more take charge, if if, the, if her partner doesn't feel competent or doesn't know how to go about that and doesn't know how to say, well, sweetie, you know, I'm willing to give it a go, but you need to tell me more about what that would look like. Are there videos we could watch? Is there a book you've been reading? Can you demonstrate on me what you would like me to do to you? So sometimes people don't want to move forward with what their partner is asking because they feel incompetent or inadequate. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, it might be a deal breaker. It might be something that just grosses them out. And then you're in a pickle because you're in a relationship with somebody who is choosing their limitations and imposing them on you. And your partner doesn't get to make a unilateral decision about what you get to do sexually. So if you ask for something and your partner says no, then you have to figure out, okay, so how is this going to fit into my life? Am I, can we negotiate, can I have a play partner to do this with on the side? Um, you know, obviously that's, that again is a huge topic within very specific parameters. Do I just forget about it and stuff it just for the sake of keeping the relationship and then am I still in erotic integrity with myself? Do I just fantasize about this and masturbate to fantasies of it because my partner doesn't want to do this with me? And and am I resentful about that? Or yeah, or maybe you negotiate something that's a, some sort of facsimile of what you want because at the yeah. end of the day, you know, sex and sexual integrity, erotic integrity, is so important. And I'm hoping our listeners will take it as an opportunity to enhance enhance your sexual experience, enhance your love life. And as with all relationships, the sexual relationship is complex. And I think, Dr. Six, you've done a great job really expressing some of the complexity. And the key again and again and again, we keep coming back to expressing your needs in a positive, loving, and supportive way. Yes or yes? Absolutely. An authentic way, yes. Beautiful. So you get the last word. I want everyone to be reminded first that Dr. Six's upcoming book is Erotic Integrity, How to Be True to Yourself Sexually. Her website is www.drsix.net, D-R-S-I-X-net, so .net, that is. So what do you want to leave us with? What would be the words that would be your deepest wisdom around holding this very important area of our lives that many people believe is actually a pathway 
to our higher selves. It can be a spiritual experience. What would you say is most important? I would say as we're going into the new year and people tend to re-examine a lot of things, erotic integrity is about how to be true to yourself sexually. And, oh, I had a great thought and I've lost it. I'm sorry. I'm That's okay. <laughs> I'm you probably had great thoughts colliding there. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I've lost the great thought, but... I would I would my my parting comment would be that I I want to decrease suffering around sexuality and I find that a lot of that is about people not being authentic. So as people embrace the 2016, I would invite your listeners to examine their erotic integrity and examine what is most true for them and and what what is going to be the the most fulfilled self-expression of their sexuality. That's it. That's what it would be. Hmm. Most fulfilled expression of your sexuality, everybody. All right, take that home. Grab this book. You can pre-order it, I understand, on Dr. Six's website. Thank you, Dr. Claudia Six. We appreciate your wisdom. Everybody stay tuned. Next week we're talking to Angela Howell about mindfulness a life worth having. After that, we have Dr. Kyra Bobinet, who's going to talk about how to have a fearless new year. As we approach 2016, this is a time to re-examine what love means to you. And here at Modern Love Radio, we have a fantastic opportunity for you, a two-day live intensive workshop called 2016 creating your GPS, and we are going to literally build a compass that will serve as your GPS throughout the year that you can take home with you. We have special guests who will be joining us to talk about your year of love mastery, wellness mastery, how to really bring all of these pieces together. And, yes, sexual mastery is going to be part of it, too. All right. Thank you so much to our great producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Mr. Cliff Dunning, and to our wonderful guest tonight, Dr. Claudia Six. I love you all. Blessings.